Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining Welcome us to another edition another of the Basketball Teacher the world, Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a as wide always, array of topics so in the coaching world to grow players on and off the, the court. You can connect with us on way. YouTube, Facebook, uh, really and Twitter. Really and also reach us directly through really email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. And that could be... In any sort of of basketball age group or or basketball sense, even off the court success as well. Uh, With my guests, we'll talk about working with players and and guiding them to being successful, not just on the court, but also off the court and helping them in some cases even transition and think about life outside of basketball and what it means to be successful in in that area as well. And I know that uh, I think all of you who are listening uh, care about your players so much more than just basketball players and 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 want them to be successful and and want to put yourself in a position to help your players be successful. So I know that this is going to be a really fun episode uh, doing some story sharing and 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 just get, exchanging some ideas to make sure that that we're helping our players out uh, as best as we possibly can. So very happy to have a guest with me today, uh, a very busy individual, uh, the head women's basketball coach out at Langston University. Coach Kevin Harrod is joining us today. Coach, appreciate you being able to carve out some time to talk. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing well, Coach. I, I just really, really want to thank you for uh, the opportunity to get a chance to talk to you. Oh, I appreciate it. And thank you for, for being able to carve out some time for it, Coach. Let's start with your basketball journey and your coaching journey. Uh, let's talk to me about where the game of basketball has taken you and where's coaching taken you. And ultimately, how did you end up at Langston? Oh man, that's, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of steps, huh? <laughs> well, um, I'll just say that I'm, I'm in my, my, uh, it's been 20 plus years of, uh, of, of basketball when it comes to the, the teaching part of it. Um, it it's been a journey. Um, I, I want to say that I have a, a non-traditional um, uh, journey that I've had. Um, I, you know, I played college ball at Glenville State in West Virginia. Um, didn't finish, you know, at Glenville State. You know, I had I had a good friend of mine who uh, got drafted in 1998, went to the Detroit Pistons. So I spent some time with him. I, I saw that that life, what the NBA life was like. Um, for a couple of years, worked with his company. Eventually, I got back to uh, to Maryland. Um, ended up getting a job at uh, a uh, uh, it was a, a a school in Maryland. It was a private private school. Um, I was there, uh, McLean School of Maryland. Um, I had the athletic director um, come to me and say, "Hey, you know, I, I see you have some basketball experience, and you know, we're looking for a seventh and eighth grade girls basketball coach." And so I, I I turned it down a few times because I was like I I, I don't I don't want to do that I don't think I have the 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 patience or energy for it. Yeah, I, I coach uh, that exact group at that exact age, so I get you. I get you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so really, you know, the third time, you know, uh, the AD asked me, you know, she just said, "Hey, listen, it's it's just for a few months. We'll get a new coach next year. Just need your help." 
So at this point, I was like, you know what? Let's just give it a shot. Um, and really, honestly, it was it was the beginning of uh, it was the beginning of my path within as, as far as coaching basketball. I only thought that, you know, basketball for me was I was just going to be a player and that was it. I had no idea what God had in store for me. I had no idea that what basketball was going to take me. Um, those seventh and eighth grade girls um, changed my life. And to this day, I still talk to a few of them. <laughs> they've got families and they move on, of course, but um, was a big change in my life. Did seventh and eighth grade girl, girls for one year. After that, became uh, their, uh, the varsity boys coach at the same school uh, for six years. Um, after that, I got into skill development training. Um, I had my own company. It was uh, called Top Game Skill Development. I worked with, you know, uh, high school, college, and professional players. You know, back at this point, you know, this about 2000, about 2006, it wasn't really skill development. It was just called training. You know, it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't as uh, oversaturated as it is now. So yeah. um, much easier um, back then at that time. And being in Maryland, D.C., Virginia, I mean, basketball, that's a hotbed. Um, it, there's just players from all over the place. So I, you know, I was able to, um, basketball took me all over the country, was able to train some really good, great players on all levels. Eventually, um, I got to a point where um, a, uh, a good friend of mine um, that was at a, another college asked me, said, you know, uh, you know, Kevin, would you uh, be interested in uh, helping me uh, be, be my assistant? you know, my assistant coach, you know, for a women's basketball team in Alabama. And I'm like, oh, I no, I don't, I don't think I really want to do it. Was same thing about what, like, the <laughs> seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't sure. Um, but eventually he, he basically said to me, like, listen, this is this small, you know, Southern uh, uh, historical black uh, university, HBCU in Alabama is called Talladega College. I was like, Tala, what? You mean like the, like the, 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 the movie? <laughs> like Talladega Nights, he was like, yeah, well, it's about track, fifteen. Yeah. yeah, he's like, it's, it's it's about fifteen minutes away from here, but yeah, it's it's close. So, um, basically, what he he told me was like, listen, if you could come in, you know, I'll help you pay for school because I didn't finish my degree, mm -hmm. right? So that was that was like the caveat for me. Um, I come in, um, my first year, packed up everything I had, drove drove to the south, um, got there in uh, two thousand nine. Uh, was able to uh, win a small uh, U, uh, USCAA national title in my first year as an assistant coach. Um, was was and I tell you, any national title is a national title. So mm -hmm. I was excited about that. Graduated, got my degree from Talladega College. Um, I was an assistant for four years. Within that four years as an assistant, um, I ended up getting my my master's from uh, Salem International University in West Virginia. Um, I just, you know, for me, you know, education just, it changed my whole mentality on, on sure. things. And, and as far as like working with, with these, with these young ladies, I just thought, you know, how great is this for them to see my story and see what, you know, how I was progressing in life. So at that point, after my four years as an assistant, uh, I wasn't sure if I still wanted to be an assistant coach. I saw the business of the game was changing. And okay. I thought maybe I'd want to go into being an assistant AD. Um, so uh, the athletic director at the time, um, um, who was was obviously uh, great for me, he uh, put me in eligibility. <laughs> so I started doing eligibility. Eventually, I became his assistant AD. 
Um, he leaves in uh, 2000, uh, well, uh, about 2014, um, the, their, our, our former coach, he had, he had left. I mm-hmm. took a summer job. Eventually, I get a call um, that summer, and I, was, I just happened to be in Michigan. He says to me, hey, would, you know, your name is getting circulated for, for this job uh, to be in the head coach. And, you know, I just couldn't believe it at the time. It was really late. It was late July. Oh, wow. <laughs> School starts yeah. in August. Only two returners. Um, but eventually, you know, uh, prayed about it, took the job over in 2014. Um, and with that, uh, had, you know, eight great years at Talladega College, winning six championships in eight years. Um, we became the... Uh, the winningest program in the state of Alabama, that's in any division, division one, two, three, NAI, um, did a phenomenal job there. I mean, it wasn't me. We just had a, we had great people around us, had amazing support. Um, it gets to the point. So uh, last year, um, my, uh, the, the president, uh, doc, Dr. Billy C. Hawkins, um, uh, was who, who was, who was the president of Talladega. He was, he had retired and I felt like that was the best time for me to leave because he's the one that brought me in. Um, and then I ended up finding a, a, another a opportunity uh, here at Lakeson University. Um, I came, I'm Oklahoma, never would have thought about coming <laughs> to Oklahoma. Um, but a uh, phenomenal experience here. When I, when, I, when I landed here and I got here, it felt like home. It was family. Um, and then, like I said, coming here, just being here a year, it's, been, it's just been an awesome, um, awesome time. And it's like I told you before, Coach Hernandez, it's, for me, you know, year one was about was just about changing the culture. I felt that we did yeah. that. Uh, year two is about exceeding expectations, and so that's kind of where we're at right now. What a what a journey, right? I mean, who, yeah. all, all the stops. You weren't kidding, uh, but it's a unique journey. And like you said, that there's so much of your journey. I'm sure that you can share with your players and talk about the you know the non-traditional unorthodox path that you went through and, and a lot that I'm sure your players can just learn and, and glean from just from the experiences you went through and everything that happened with you. Absolutely. And I, I think what, you know, player players, I'll just tell you this. Yeah. They're players, student athletes. You, you can kind of call them in, in that category, but at the end of the day, you know, we're people, you know, yeah. we have in human experiences, um, I always talk about this with my, with, with my players about being authentic. You know, it's like they they don't get, you know, players aren't going to get, you know, they don't get inspired by, you know, the big time speeches. You know what they get inspired about? They get inspired by consistency. They get inspired by watching how you move through life, like like in reality, how things are. They they don't get inspired by you trying to be perfect. They want to look at the imperfections and how you and how you respond to those imperfections. So for mm. me, that's that's important. Um, and, you know, the players that I've come across and that I've been able to, like, coach or mentor, um, even players that I recruited, they didn't even they didn't even, you know, join our program. I still have lots of connections with them just because yeah. we still talk, you know. And to me, that's really what it's about. If you're going to be a coach, if you're going to get in this game. You got to understand that X's and O's is a very small part of what you're going to do. And yeah, you know yeah. that. too. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's 
amazing when you think about like wanting to get into basketball and coaching basketball sometimes you think about all the stuff you're gonna do basketball wise coaching but then so much of your time and so much of what you're actually doing is is completely separate from basketball all the other things that you're involved with or, and especially the things that are most important they really have nothing to do with x's and o's whatsoever yeah i mean like for me like we we carry 15 players on the roster sure i mean you know this to be true you have 15 players with 15 different likes and wants and needs with 15 different characteristics, mm-hmm. you know? So, and then the, the real, the real gift, or I, or I say, you know, that, that or blessed gift that, you, that, that coaches have is, you know, and the challenge, cause it's a challenge and it's a daily challenge is being able to put it all together. How does it all blend? How does it all mesh together um, to become one? Um, and that is on a daily basis, that's that's to me when I look at coaches, that to me is you know I, I've seen coaches that maybe not have been the, the great X's and X's and O's type of uh, coach, but no. man, when it came to uh, bringing teams together, people together, um, they were phenomenal and they were they were they were they were successful. Yeah, absolutely. Talk talk a little bit about to to our guests who may not not have the knowledge that you do about working and coaching at uh, HBCU, historically black uh, college or university. And, and I specifically about uh, the unique experiences uh, that um, that specific type of uh, institution can offer to players and, and maybe some things that you think my, uh, my listeners might not know or expect about uh, an HBCU. Sure. Sure. Um, and I get asked this a lot because people, you know, they, they you know, it, it for some reason it seems like it's a it's a big mystery, you know. Like, yeah. what really is that? Like, what does an HBCU? Why? What makes it different than, you know, uh, a, they call it a predominantly white institution, PWI, or um, like what's what are the differences? So, to me, um, what does the real world look like? It's diverse, right? Um, different, you know, different races. People come from all different. Um, um, backgrounds, um, cultures, and when you look at an HBCU, people, you know, people are going to say, "Well, you know, well, it's just you know African American, you know, students that go there," which is not the case. <laughs> there's, 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 there's all different types of people, um, very diverse backgrounds, and so um, that's what the real world looks like. That's when you go in the workforce. That's what it looks like, and so I think going to, you know, an HBCU gives you that experience as far as like you know you're you're going to be working in an, in a, in an atmosphere with people that have different backgrounds so you get used to to being in that atmosphere and there's just so many different opportunities and avenues that are out there um that actually um really are are, are, are and are different in that way yeah. they are going to cater to you know um let's say they're like it could be FBI, say you're a major in criminal justice. Well, I know, you know, here at Langston, you know, FBI likes, you know, they'll come here and they're, they're trying to recruit minorities or people from diverse backgrounds, you know? So there's all these different things that you can get into. And, and to be honest with you, I think um, with the, whether you have a diverse background or not, um, when you get out into the, to the workforce, um, again, it's, it's it's a great networking tool as well. Um, I would also say um, at an HBCU, as far as like, let's just talk about sports, right? Well, mm-hmm. an HBCU just just the the camaraderie, 
um, amongst other HBCUs when you play and you play in the whatever, it doesn't matter what the sport is. Um, there's a lot of great pride in that. Um, so what, whether it's a football game, whether it's, you know, basketball or whatever sport it is, I mean, games are packed, you know, the, the pride, you can see it. Um, and it's an amazing, it's an amazing experience. That's what it really is. Yeah. And it is funny, like, like you, like, like you said, I think there is like so much like mystery or, 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 or like air about it, but like when it, when it, when it comes down to it, it's not, I don't know if, if some people are, or I don't know if, if, if scared is the right word or afraid to ask the wrong questions about it, but you know, <laughs> like there's that people are like, uh, it's, it's just kind of interesting how everybody kind of has their own, like people, I think know the definition of what it is, but I think what people like expect that it is or what they think goes on in an HBCU is like wildly different from person to person sometimes. And I think that's really interesting. No, it, it, it really is. And, and coach, I'll tell you this, like for me, like I don't, I do not go out and I'm going to say to myself, I don't go out looking and say, well, I'm looking for an African-American. I'm looking mm -hmm. for the, if you looked at my team, it's diverse. <laughs> I have a little yeah. bit of everything, you know? Um, and for me, that's what really what the world looks like, you know, especially in my eyes. So, like, you know, coming to an HBCU, that I think that's that's one of the biggest misconceptions. It's not just for African-Americans, yeah. but it's for, for anybody. Yeah, no, 100 percent. I appreciate you bringing that up because I think that 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 door that maybe some players will close on or, or, or not even look at, uh, at going to because of some preconceived notion they have. Ho hopefully that might reopen the door for, for some players when they realize that it is, uh, it is a, an inclusive environment. Absolutely. So when we kind of think about your experience about, you know, kind of guiding players to being successful, uh, thinking about the, the, the high school age or the, those kids that are just about to get into, into college, I, I wanted to ask about, what do you think those players need in order to be mature and ready both on and off the court in order to go to the next level, the JUCO or a college? What are, what are some things you think those players need to be doing in order to truly be ready to make that, that leap? We're, we coach, we're, <laughs> I think every coach in America is probably saying the same thing. Um, it's a very scary time for high school uh, high school student athletes. Um, it's a scary time for, for junior college athletes as well. You know, with this, with the portal being as powerful as, as it is now, um, I mean, it's, it's so attractive, right? You, there's so many players that, you know, that already have that experience. You have a lot of, you know, you've got college coaches now that are, they're not even looking at high school first. Yeah. That's sometimes it's the last thing they look at, you know? So, the the it's not like you know kids took it for granted before but it's it's so much more you got to be ahead of it so some of the things that you know I, I'd like to like to bring up with with high school um players is you know you know don't say that you that you have a lot of time and you can figure it out later you can't do that <laughs> you you have to start looking at schools early early and often I would even say start looking in, in when you're in junior high, when you're you're in middle school, these camps that you these ID camps that you may that you uh, or schools that you like. Try to find those camps that you, you want to be a part of. Why do you do that? Because you want to start building a relationship with with maybe not the head coach. Maybe it is the head coach, but most definitely the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. That's important. 
you know, um, and not only just start looking at your 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 first tier of schools, right? You want to off obviously have options. You know, if you can't, you know, if these other schools don't work out, then you definitely have to have a plan B. A lot of student athletes won't have a plan B and they're just so focused on that one school and it doesn't work out. And then they never had they never had an option. Yeah. And so now they're left out. So it's good to start building relationships early. I don't mean AAU. That's great. That's that's a wonderful thing. Um, That's that's great because, you know, obviously you can you, you can maximize your you know, your marketability at this point in front a lot of coaches. But building, but building relationships with coaching staff to me is is a priority number one. I think another thing that you have to have, because like the margin of error now is is very small. Coaches do, you know, and coaching staffs are looking at your social media. So if if you don't have a clean social media, there, I mean, you could have just cut yourself out from from scholarship money, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. whether it was a partial or a full ride. So making sure that your that your your social media is clean, you don't have anything on there that's you know that obviously shouldn't be having it, having it, drinking drugs, you know how even even if you don't even have that, but just how you're going about your life, you know it, it's it really is. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, the social media doesn't say who you are, but it does give a percep- perception or, per- or perception of of who you are. And so you want to make sure that that is a um, that that's clean. Um, also, it's also great to have references from your your middle like school that. coach, your high school coach. I think that's also very important. Um, a lot of times, and and I see it, I see it now when I'm talking to you know I'll, I'll talk to players or what have you, and I ask you know you know, hey, like you know I want to be able to you know uh, talk to your high school coach or what have you. Well, you should be readily already having that information available. It's always nice. If it's one less step, you know, for for a coach, the better. And I say all that because, you know, a lot of times players don't realize how many how many uh, other players are reaching out. Mm-hmm. So for me, on yep. an average, right, I'm at a I'm at a small a, a small institution. Uh, there's we have right around four thousand on campus. Okay. And so I'm averaging probably about 45 to 50 messages a day. I obviously can't get to everybody. (laughs) And my, that's just me, my staff, they're probably getting, you know, 20, 30 a day easy, you know, and this is before we even go out and start looking for people. So I just think like at the end of the day, if you start early, it's, it's a great thing. Don't, don't ever feel like you're bothering people. (laughs) <laughs> enough like you you sending out whether it's emails twitter the social media is it's a great form but like i said what what really starts it off is just identifying which schools that you want to that you want to go to and and try to get into those those camps that they have the summer camps that they have and if they have clinics get in there just so you can you can start bonding with the with these uh these uh these uh coaching staffs and it sounds like just 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 taking all that, and I'd be curious about your opinion on that. Like coaches, uh, high school coaches in particular, they really have to um, 
make sure that they have the knowledge and the resources about these things because our players, you know, the ones that I coach, especially in the, in the people in my, my area that I coach in, a lot of them don't even know where to start. A lot of them don't even know where to begin. They have no idea about how to like kind of build like this network and how to look for these opportunities and, and things of that mm-hmm. nature. And I think just, just going off of your um, response that as high school coaches, which I am, we have to make sure that we are able to provide that roadmap to our players so that they have somebody that they can go to and that coach can kind of walk them through and make sure that they're going about this the right way. Yeah. And, and, you know, on this and the same token, I, I think what happens, um, especially high school coaches are, are just, they are extremely important. I think, I don't know when it happened coach, mm-hmm. but, the inf- high school coaches used to have the most in- most influence o- over over their players, and so at some point, AAU coaches and I no, there's nothing wrong with AAU coaches. Oh, AAU coaches are great as well, but somehow, like sometimes the influence kind of changes direction, and I think that the AAU coach and the high school coach they have to be on the same page, because what ends up happening is like this happens to me a lot, you know, I'll talk, I'll end up talking to the high school coach. Well, I'm saying the AAU coach more than I talk to the high school coach, hmm. you know? And, and at the end of the day, I need, I need consistency. I need balance. I, you know, I hear one coach says this, this, this kid is, you know, not consistent in this part of their game, but at the same token, I hear the high school coach and they're telling me something different. So I think it's very important to have, to have both on the same page, that only helps out the student. That all that only helps out the player. I think it gets confusing for a player when they're just they're trying to figure out, you know, what the path is if if you don't have like those two people or that one, even the high school coach, even if it's just your high school coach and you don't go through the AAU circuit or what have you, it, it's still important for that that high school coach to be involved. You have to be um you you have to be a recruiter. You're trying to help your 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 kid get to the next level. If that's what they show uh, so choose to do. Yeah, there are. I think a lot of. Um, I think there's a lot of maybe tension sometimes that exists between AAU coaches and high school coaches, and I think even even you know there's some animosity sometimes when you know high school coaches really want to work with the, their players, but they're in AAU season or they don't trust what's happening in AAU or the AAU thinks that, you know, what, what's happened at the high school level is, isn't as important. And I think, uh, I think it's really important, like you mentioned, that the, the, that the two of them get together and talk and have a conversation because ultimately they should be all working for the same thing, which is getting that player better and being a positive influence on that player's life. And I think that it can get really frustrating and really difficult for a player if they feel that like one coach feels one way and the, the two of them don't like each other. And that could be hard on a player for sure. Absolutely. And and how do you, how can you, you I mean, you can only really have one, one voice. So if you, yeah, yeah. you know, so if you've got two people in, in that, and that player's trying to listen to both, I mean, that that's really hard. I mean, this, the, the anxiety and the stress level just is, is doubled now. Cause they're not sure who to really listen to, Yeah, you know, and, 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 and all the parent wants to happen is, is to help, help, help my kid get, get, get into college and, and find the right fit, you know? And that, right. like I said, that's, it's so, that's what I'm saying. It's just so it's, it's much harder now. Um, there's like the margin of error is much slimmer now. 
Um, and because of this portal, like you really have to start early um, right. and get on the same page. And so with that, um, you know, you talked about all the all the messages and everything that gets sent to your staff and, and everything. And so you have all these uh, players out there looking to get noticed, looking to stand out. And, and being that you're at the university level, I'm really curious about the players that you do ultimately have on your team. What what did those players do to be standing out and to be recruited and, and, and be seen by you guys and really get on your radar? What, what kind of combination of, of either on or on the off the court things really, really stood out to you and your staff about the, the players you have now? Well, I, I, in the very beginning of when we were, when we just first started talking, I was talking about, um, you know, the culture, mm -hmm. changing the culture. So there are some things that, you know, like I, I feel that are just, that are critical, like to have a successful program and to continue to have it, there, there's some things that, that, that you just, you, you have to have. So for example, I'm looking for players, you know, and I, I call them championship traits, right? So I'm, I'm going to look for a player that is an encouraging player that I know that can be, it's going to be encouraging um, to their teammates. So I'm looking for a great teammate, right? I'm also watching when I go out, and um, I'm recruiting. I'm looking for first thing I look for when I um, it's not even before tip off before even tip off. I'm looking at your warm ups. You know, I want to know if you're going hard and, 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 and if you have your own discipline. Are you going hard? Do you have any bad body language? If you do, it's not going to work. Can you retain information? That's something that I, I look at. I'm looking at someone or, you, or when I talk to coaches, is this is this player a complainer? Does this person want to complain a lot? Or are they are they are they looking for solutions? You know, mm. I'm looking for a player that's gonna be on time. When I talk to coaches, I talk to parents. Um, because I'm also recruiting the parents, by the way, too. <laughs> yeah, that's big. that's a big thing. I mean, because they're I'm gonna know them for four years, two years, or whatever, how long it is. I need, you know, I want to make sure that I, I I've got good parents as well. Um, because you know. That, that they're in their ear as well. <laughs> you want to be able Definitely. to know that. I'm also looking at consistent effort. You know, what type of effort is this player going to have, uh, you know, on a daily basis? Because obviously this is not easy, you know, and then coming in with the positive attitude. So those are just some core things I look at. And you notice I didn't even talk about talent yet. That's no, no, that, <laughs> that's a whole nother part. But it, being an authentic person that wants to, to, to really, be the right fit for us. You, you just have to have those things starting off. You have to have that first. So those are some things that I look at in players and I, and I, this year, you know, and it, and it, this is the tough, it's a tough situation. Cause you'll be like, Oh my God, look at her. She's six one, you know, she's a guard, but Oh man, she doesn't go to class. Oh man. Yeah. It's going to be tough. So, cause whatever you allow, you know, on your team is what you're going to be dealing with the whole year. <laughs> so, so, or, or how long they, how long they stay. So, you know, the big thing is you want to make sure like for us, you just want to make sure what, what you have on your team is something that can be sustainable and that's going to be positive throughout your program. So that, that's the first thing I start off with in the very beginning. And I feel like the players that we have, and it's funny, um, we're in preseason, we're all, we're about two weeks, two weeks away from finishing up, um, the reason I already know that I have a, you know, and I'm talking about just people. Okay. I know we have talent. That's great. Wonderful. Mm -hmm.
but just as people, it's it's so interesting to me. Um, knock on wood, I've only had two players in the amount of weeks that we've been going um, that have had like some minor injury. When you have and, and so and a lot of that has to do with the core things that we look at, the discipline, you know, the consistent effort, because you know there's there's players that you know they're gonna have an excuse for something. And they'll find a way to kind of get themselves out for a couple of days to get whatever type of rest they feel. But it's already it's apparent to me that I have a very disciplined team because discipline is going to outlast your motivation all the time. And that's what I'm looking for, the discipline. Um, so that was the same thing I look for, Coach, before think, we even get into talent. I think I, uh, I think I just wrote down the, the discipline over motivation part. I think I'm going to use that. I hope you don't mind if I steal that from you. Listen, take, I, it <laughs> take it all. Take it all. That's funny. No, that, that, that's, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm taking it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that in not having, uh, really been, uh, one who's, who's doing the recruiting process. And I've heard a couple of people mention this and I'll, I'll let you, uh, let me know if I'm on the right track or not, but I think that there's just so many, skilled players out there that that it's really sometimes does come down to the, those more work ethic or those non-measurable type things to really like separate when you have so many players to choose from who may be at a similar skill level like what are those other things that they do that can separate themselves positively or negatively from everyone else uh i i think can be the the real difference maker no, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and again, like there's only one ball, right? <laughs> you don't, you, I mean, you don't have two, three, four that you can shoot at one time. So you have to have players that are, are, are willing um, to sacrifice, you know, for the betterment of the team. You know, there, there are a lot of players that, you know, like I said, that they, you know, they, they've been taught this, this isn't something that, you know, it was just them. They've been taught about because, because in our society, what it's about, it's about stats. It's about the numbers because they think that that's what's going to help them get where they're trying to go. It is a, it is something it's nice to have, but it's not the end all be all. So looking for, for great teammates, people that are going to do the extra. Like uh, my, my thing is if I know you could, if you're going to be a great teammate, you're going to be a positive person, then you know what? You already made us better. You've already made us better. The other part is, is, is how mentally tough, you know, a player can be. When I say tough, I don't mean like, you know, they can, you know, they, they're just grinding like the physical, the physical part and get over that part. I'm talking about being able to be mentally tough with being, you know, having, you know, taking constructive criticism. To me, that's being mentally tough, you know, because a lot of players sure. are like, what? You told me this, it hurts <laughs> my ego, you know, it throws them off. But to me, it's a very small margin of error. Like, again, I go back to that. Because, like, you can take a player that can put up all the numbers, but are they going to help your team win, like, throughout the, you know, throughout a year? Mm-hmm. Are you just trying to win basketball games? Or are you trying to win championships? And that's a big difference. You know, that's are you true. trying to have a – and in college, this is the difference. There are basketball teams and there are basketball programs. As a coach, you got to figure out which one are you. Basketball teams, they, you know, you get a player, didn't work out, you just, you know, move on, get another player. You're looking for a basketball program, it's the stuff that we're talking about. Looking for the, for the quality individual that can become 
um, a, a part of something bigger than themselves. That's that's a really interesting thing to reflect on, right? You have and, and you have like your teams, which kind of like you mentioned, maybe it's like depending on the players or everything's year to year versus you kind of have that program where there's an embedded culture there where there's that like certain level of consistency and expectations that are going to happen no matter who it is that's on your team. And like, like you said, I think those are just two very different things. And I think it's really easy, I think, from even from the outside to t- tell right away whether you're looking at an actual program or you're looking at like a university or a school that just happens to have a team. It, it, exactly. I mean, and that's on every level. That's it's on the high school level. Mm-hmm. It's on it's the middle school level, high school level, and the college level. It's you 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 see it you see it on it's even in the pro level. Look at <laughs> the teams. Look at the teams that are con, like consistently winning, consistently winning. There's a there's a reason why it's not because they just picking up the 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 greatest players. That's not it. It's the culture that they they provide. It's it's the discipline. It's 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 the type of uh, it's just the 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 vibe and the energy that that flows through their through their programs yeah. and it's year in and year out absolutely okay so we get a the, we have a situation where you know a player uh, gets to the university level or you know and you have plenty of experience of working with players at the university level what goes into your relationship with them in terms of how you're working with them to kind of help them with that transition to life after basketball how do you kind of balance between you know coaching them and working with them as players but then also at the same time investing in them as people so that they're ready for whatever they're going to do after they graduate well um and i and i had to learn this over the course of time i wasn't always like what i'm about to tell you but Mm -hmm. um you know i I just kept watching and and part of it was because of how it was for me we were in college you don't know, you know, you're, you spend more time trying to figure out like, you know, what, how we're going to get through practice, you know, what, you know, we got these games coming up. So there's a lot of emphasis on, on the games, the team, what have you, and not as much emphasis on your future and your future um, is, it is your responsibility, but this is where I kind of changed my, my mindset on this. You know, you'll see a lot of kids that'll graduate and then they're or they're in their senior year and they're kind of like freaking out because they're like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Where am I going to? So what I do, regardless of what classification, what year you're in that I'm recruiting you, that's one of the very first things that I'm talking to you about. What is it that you want to do? Like, do you have an idea what you want to do? Because the moment you sign, you know, with our university, with our program, um, we hit the ground running to position you in a place where you want to be. So if you want to be in criminal justice, okay, okay, you're going to go to school for that. But even though your future is your responsibility, it is our responsibility to help guide you there. So we are looking for internships. We are looking for, for people that you can network with. And we do this through the course of, of time, throughout your time as a collegiate student athlete. And by the time you're getting ready to graduate, you're not freaking out because you have options. Mm-hmm. And that's all you ever really can do for, for your student athlete is to get, put them in position to have options, make them feel that they're confident. So one thing is we make sure that they go through our, our resume writing program. A lot, of, a lot of players, you know, 
You would think they do, but they don't. They don't write. They don't know how to do it. So we make sure they do. We do have. We do offer um, just even media exposure here. So we teach them how to talk in front of the camera. We teach them as far as like uh, the interview process, how to get inter- how to interview for a job. Every Wednesday is is professional day here. And that's a Langston University thing, but it's also like something we do in our program where you must dress up professionally every Wednesday to get you in the habit of that. So there's all these little things that that help. And it's not just me doing this just to help out my player. It's it takes a village, as you know, you've heard that before, but it is a village. It's we're all trying to help each and every player to get um, to what they feel is success for them. And so far, it has worked tremendously. 97% graduation rate for us. But okay. I'm not trying to recruit anybody <laughs> right now. Oh, that's but, awesome. Yeah. But I'm saying, but I'm saying like, like that's that's a part of coaching. You know, and if you don't, if you're not willing to do that, then you really should be thinking about something else. It, you know, people say, well, it, you know, basketball is a business. It is, it's a family business. It's a very big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, and in a family business, just like your family, you're you're gonna you know, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have some disagreements, but at the end of the day, you're still, you're still helping your, your son, your daughter, your cousin, your uncle, what have you. And that's what it's truly about. No, that, uh, that graduation rate coach, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to, t- to shy away from that <laughs> or whisper that. No, that's, that's fantastic. And, and, and I, I'm curious about, you know, I think one of the things that I, I hear from some coaches at the university level that they, they have to have conversations with players with, and I'd be curious your perspective on it, is uh, players, when they get to university, who have to really kind of come to the realization or really face the reality that, you know, their their playing days might be over and that basketball is something they've maybe committed, you know, their whole life up to that point doing and getting better at. And it's been a huge part of their identity. But now that they're at the collegiate level, they're, they're hitting kind of the end of the time and basketball mm-hmm. is no longer going to be as much of a part of their identity as it may have been before. And I'm curious if you've had to deal with that experience at all. And if you have what, what that conversation was like and, and how that sort of went with those players. Yeah, well, it's something that, you know, um, it starts out in the very beginning, um, again, from the recruitment stage of talking about finding balance. Mm-hmm. Um, like the game, I mean, I mean, the, the game is only going to last so long, right? You know, and even if you even if you were, uh, if you became a pro, whether it's overseas in the league, what have you, if you ever even get to that point and be that lucky, that blessed to even get to that point, I mean, the average – you know, careers three to five years, if that. So it's it's very small. So no matter what, having having a, another passion, um, and I that's why I always ask in the recruiting. So what else do you do? What do you do outside of basketball? Because you know, in college, you know, you're every day is not going to be a sunny day. You know, sure. and that's again, it, it's the type of player that I'm looking for. Like if you don't have anything else but basketball then what then what's your what's how do you like balance yourself out and if that's all you have then it, and it what what ends up happening is you cling to it so hard and those are the type of kids that have a much harder time dealing with life after basketball and i've had a few of those so what i what i encourage players to do is yes basketball you love it you know that's a passion that's great 
but there are other passions you should be trying to find just so you, you know, the way I word it is just, just trying to find a balance, a healthy balance between it, because I mean, too much of one thing isn't good anyways. You, you need to find other things to, that you should be able to do. You know, one thing is not, you're not going to be just great at one. You can find other things to do as well. So I kind of like steer conversations and at least starting, start to get, you know, student, student athletes to think of that. And for some, for some players, I think that they are going to need a lot of, a lot of, a lot of guidance in that, right. That, that basketball has been like, what's, what's kind of fueled them. And, and it's really important to have that conversation with them. Cause I know I, I feel like I would be feel heartbroken or really upset at myself as like a collegiate coach if I have players leave me and then they just feel like lost and they feel like they 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 don't know what to do with themselves or they maybe they found like a program or something to get a degree in but it wasn't really anything they wanted to do and it was just something they did just to get done like I know that would not be something I would feel good at as a coach if I felt like I had players graduating who weren't really ready to to transition to the next part of their life yeah and and I and I that is the tough part I think the other thing that that you know that's you know that helped that's helped me I would say or helped the players that, that I've um, worked with I mean you're mentoring like constantly you know um you you it's not like a it's not a like something you have you have one conversation and you know we'll talk about it again when you're in your senior year it's the course of time the other thing you know something you know and I know other college coaches do it and I, I think it's a great idea if you know players you know Sometimes you have players that they don't want to leave the game. So what do you do? You look at being a grad assistant. You know, you look at even even trying to get them or help them get a job within basketball. You know, just so they stay close to it. Sometimes they, they need that extended time. And maybe it won't be basketball forever. But maybe it's enough time for them to, to see the other side of it. And then that may, like, push them or, or guide them into another professional career for themselves. So... I've kind of used that and some have turned out to be high school coaches. Some of them are mm -hmm. college coaches now, which I'm very proud of. And, and some, they were able to see, Hey, you know what? I had my fill. I'll always love the game, but this is something that I, I, I want to, you know, steer my life, you know, towards. You got to, yeah, it is, it is a, it is a challenge though. You got it a coaching is. tree. You got a coaching tree of your own now that you've uh, you you're establishing. You got, you got to, oh. <laughs> that's awesome. That's the best part. <laughs> to be honest with you. It, it, to see yeah that. that is that is no that that's really cool that that that's awesome um i think that what may be uh, a little surprising to to some people and in, in, in a good way is that i think sometimes uh we get this perception of of coaches at the college level as being like strictly you know strictly basketball like you said it's it's a business and you just got to focus on x's and o's and basketball and everything is you know time consuming and busy and 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 it sounds like you've really made it intentional with, with you as a coaching philosophy to always make sure that you spend time getting to know your players and, and, and getting to know them outside of basketball and, and working with them. And I'm just curious, is that, is that always been a part of your, your coaching identity? Is that something that's been built throughout the years? Like how, how did that work where you really focus as hard as you do on, on all the outside basketball stuff? Uh, it's a priority number one awesome. for me. Yeah. Um, Player coach relationships. Um, if you don't have it, that means you don't have any trust. If you don't have any trust, how can you put somebody on the floor uh, and ask them or demand it um, for them to to be the best they can be if you don't have that relationship with them? You know, and it's it's almost like being a parent. 
you know, which, you know, <laughs> sometimes I get called that. Okay? Sometimes I get called that. <laughs> you know, it's like, you, just, you know, it just, you, and that, you know, and it's okay, you know, because you, they are your kids and you're responsible for them, you know, why they're in your care. Um, but it's, it's a priority for me. I, I'll tell you this little, little trick that I do. And I don't know if it's a trick uh, or maybe they know it anyway, but I, uh, I happen to, um, you know, every player loves snacks, right? I don't even know if this is a secret or not, but I know I do. <laughs> go it, for right? it, go for it anyway. Right? Yeah, it might so, be. So, so this is what I do. So, like, you know, you know, the players, you know, they love snacks, they love drinks or what have you. So I say to the players, and I'm like, and my assistant coach, is, his office is next door. So I do the same thing there. So what I do is I say, hey, you know what? I know you guys got, you know, you got to put up 2,000 shots in a week, you know, you know, just record your time, what have you. So I used to have the balls in the locker room, right? And I used to leave them there, you know. Um, and so they would, you know, go there. And, you know, integrity is a big piece too, right? But, you know, I would just, you know, I'd, be, I'd let them go, you know, go get the balls and they come record their, you know, their 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 time or their, their numbers, you know, with our manager, what have you. But I changed it at some point And I said, you know what? I'm going to put the balls in my office, right? Mm -hmm. But also what I'm going to have in my office, I'm going to have, I'm going to have all the Gatorade. I'm going to have all the water. I'm going to put it in the fridge. You guys, this is your stuff. Come up here and get it, right? And next door in, in Coach Ethan's office, he's got, like, all the snacks, right? So they got to go over there to get the snacks, right? But the whole reason I did it was just so I could take away the stigma of coming to coach's office and being like, oh, my God. I got to come into coach's office. What is he going to tell me? So I'm getting nervous. What's he going to say to me? So what I'm doing is, yeah, they're coming and getting drinks and snacks, but I, you know, instead I'm seeing them maybe like three, four times a day instead of like one time then, or maybe not at all. And then just seeing you in practice, we're building relationships daily <laughs> communication and, uh, and, and, and that communication is a daily practice, right? So they got to come and see me because, I got the drinks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll just be like, hey, yeah, I'm just like, hey, Haley, how you doing? How was your day? Oh, coach, it was this, whatever. They don't realize it, right? But that's yeah. what we're doing. We're still building a relationship. You know, Coach Ethan on the other side. Hey, hey, Coach, how you doing? They got to get the snacks. So that gets us to build even a much better relationship over the course of time. And that, to me, getting to see them, I may even be able to, like, I may even be able to sense, because, you know, Coach, you know, you can read a lot of body language. You can tell if sometimes if a kid is having a good day or not. Mm -hmm. And so being able to see them more than just once or just at practice to me is another priority. I want to be able to get to know you. I want to be able to see how you're doing throughout the day and do it where you feel like you can come in, you, you can come in and we can just talk with it. It doesn't always have to be about basketball. You know, and it takes that whole, I don't, oh my God, I'm going to the principal's office. Type thing. It's, <laughs> sure. It just takes the, it takes anxiety way down. So when we're really talking about something important, now you'll be able to sit in here and, and not feel like it's jail or whatever. You know, you might yeah, they've spent, they've spent time in there on, on, on a bunch of time at your office before for all these other things. So exactly. So yeah. that's just something we do. And like I said, the relationship part is, it is a priority. It is, it's intentional. And I feel it with all of the relationship building and all of the the work that you do with that. I imagine just just on the court, 
there's so much that you must be able to to do as a coach knowing that that trust and that buy-in is there. I imagine just the things you can maybe get done in a practice or the things that you can ask of your players or the things your players can ask of each other. It must be completely different than, you know, a program or a team that may not have those relationships established. Well, I, I mean, and I agree. I mean, players, what they, all they really want is they want somebody that believes in them. They want, they want to know that you have confidence in them. It's the, like, so for example, um, we, we do journaling in books. So I got the, you know, those little black and white composition journal books and I'll ask, you know, I'll ask them three or four questions, you know, um, and it's gotta be at least three, four paragraphs and I'll give them like three, four days to like turn it in by a certain date and time or what have you. And I learned so much about that really gives me a compass of where, how to steer the team. Cause you know, what's funny. A lot of them are still, they're all thinking a lot of the same things. A lot of them deal with like confidence, self-confidence, you know, some of them deal with, you know, something they're, they're dealing with like at home, you know, or what there's a lot of stuff players have to deal with to come in and have to perform at a high level. We're asking them to do these things, but they're human. <laughs> so, so getting so them knowing that we have their back and that we support them and um we have confidence in them like the loyalty comes from that the loyalty loyalty comes from the consistent consistency of how we treat them we treat them the right way they're going to treat us the right way and they're going to treat their teammates the right way so i mean that's it's not just one thing we do it's all these little things that we talk about and and it's it's for the betterment of the uh, the program yeah, and I mean, just hearing what it is that that, that you're saying and, and and the things that you're you're talking about, I just imagine, just on the court, right? I just think of things like the the way that like a team communicates on defense, or the way that they you know move the ball around on offense, or uh, doing the things that are unselfish. I just imagine that that stuff has to feel like it comes so much easier when you got a team that that really plays for each other and really trusts each other just to execute those things on a court that requires such cooperation and teamwork. Well, what, what I found out, and this is what I tell the players all the time, you know, uh, you know, life is, is, is the ultimate teacher. It's the biggest professor of all time. And life doesn't really care whether things are good or bad. They, you know, it's, it's our responses to what happens in life. It's our perspective. Mm. So it's funny for me. Like, well, I say it's ironic that, you know, we focus so much of what goes on the court. I kind of flip it. I focus so much because we're going to teach you basketball. We're going to teach you our program. That's going to, that's going to happen. But how you respond to things off the floor is going to be exactly how you, uh, you, you approach what's going on the floor. So you're right. When you build these relationships, um, when it, when you get on the court, things, things tend to work out so much better um, because they're prepared for it because they've been preparing for it outside of the game because what's on the outside mirrors what happens on the floor. So it is, it is definitely a much smoother ride. You're still going to have your bumps and bruises along the way, but then again, such is life, you know, and you work through that. Well, well, even talking about those bumps and bruises, I imagine those bumps and bruises that every program is going to go through are uh, a lot less painful maybe because that trust is there than 
if that trust wasn't there, the, those bumps and bruises could become like breaks and uh, other really, really bad things and, and things can really fall apart quickly uh, when, when your team goes through adversity if that trust doesn't exist. I mean, it's there's there's no question about it, Coach. Like, I, I think when you look at um, – and I, I just say, if, you know, for my team, like, there we have these bumps and bruises. I mean, obviously in, in, in preseason, but um, my thing is, is is really, you know, understanding how to, to deal with, like, conflict, you know, off the floor. And I teach them how to deal with conflict off the floor because they're going to do the same thing on the floor. I mean, the mm -hmm. game is goes – it's going fast. Things are happening and you can't you can't be worried about the play that just happened. It's the next play. Right. Sure. So being able to like diffuse situations like so it doesn't seep through your program, because, you know, there some programs, something happens and it just it can That's like it. affect everything. Yep. You know, but we you know, I, I tell them our goal is when something happens, how fast and like authentic, not fake. You know, like, oh, yeah, we love each other and we really don't. But how 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 authentic we can be about, hey, I respect what you're saying. You know, I hear what you're saying, player, teammate, whatever. Let's get this done. Let's get this done. You know, anything else we need to talk about, we can talk about it after the game is over. or We can make adjustments. I try to get them to think like that, you know. And if when when they see one um, player do it or a group of players that are are, are having conflict, other players are watching it too. They don't just watch the coaches. They also watch each other. So if they're all doing it, it just makes you that much stronger as a team. And I think to add to that, I think it is important that, you know, players learn how to disagree with each other respectfully or have those, you know, tough conversations with each other, but do it in, as you mentioned, kind of like this loving way or this trusting way, because I think it's also you know, re really insincere to, you know, pretend as, as, as a coach that there's never going to be conflict with each other. There's never going to be issues, but for, for a team to feel that they can talk those out respectfully and, and still do it out of a place of love and care. I mean, uh, I, I think that that would be, and that is incredible to have a program that's able to, to have that sort of skill. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a thing we call, I mean, we call it happy hour. That, my GA came up with that name. I was like, okay, that's different. Okay. <laughs> so our, our happy hour is it's every Friday. We do it at 60 in the evening. It's almost like a lemon squeeze, so to speak. If you got the ball, it's your time to, yeah. you know, um, to, to talk. So really what can you talk about? It can be about basketball. It doesn't have to be about basketball. It can be whatever you want to talk about. The, the only rules to it are, um, it, it can't be a gossip thing. Um, it can't be uh, judgmental. Um, and and you have whatever we're talking about. It's out. Of, it's got to be out of respect. And so we that's like my favorite time with them because they, they come up with all kinds of stories. You know, they mm -hmm. tell you all kinds of stuff. And that again, that what does that do? You know, yeah, there's a lot of funny stuff. But what are they doing? They're learning a little bit each, uh, about each other. And the respect and little. So, like I said, all these little things they add up to the to the bigger piece, which is to have a sustainable program that that can that can be successful. No, that, that that's awesome. Um, wow, an hour's already flown by, and and I know that there's there's a lot more that uh, we we could touch on. So I'm gonna definitely have to have you on uh, at some point down the road to to keep talking and keep keep having this conversation because this 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 was really great. Um, 
To wrap up, though, Coach, there is a couple questions that I ask every guest, so I am going to go ahead and start uh, here with this first one. And you shared a lot of a lot of great moments already, so uh, sorry if I used up some of your best ones. I'm sure you got another, though. But uh, thinking back on your coaching career, uh, what is a moment from your coaching career that you experienced and went through that you think others listening would be able to learn from? Mm, that's that's a that's a great one. Um, I would simply say this: um, listen to your players, listen to them. Um, your ego, you got to check it at a door, just like you would tell tell a player, um, because you can learn more about 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 your players and learn from your players than than you can teach them, because they're going to tell you exactly what they need in one way or another. So I think that to me was something that I, you know, I had to learn early in my career. Cause I'm, you know, cause as coaches, we like, Hey, we've been, we have experience. We know this, but you're not them. Right. Mm -hmm. And they have to own their responsibility. I always say this, that, you know, your, you know, your academics, um, your, your, your career, your basketball career, your discipline, you own all of that. 100%. We can't do that for them. So listening to them, um, helps you really guide, you know, where you need to, you know, to do, you know, to put your emphasis and energy into your team. So listening to your team is, is into your players is very important. I feel like that goes right back into that, that trust part that you talked about, right? Listening to your players and then believing them when they say something and having that trust and, and them having that trust in you that they can come up to you and talk to you about sometimes some really serious and some really important things for sure. Absolutely. To wrap up, Coach, I give every guest kind of what I call this 60-second uh, soapbox. But you're welcome to go longer than 60 seconds. I'm not <laughs> going to time you. Uh, but it's your platform to kind of get out like uh, a final idea, a closing message, a closing thought, just something that you uh, want to leave the listeners with. And you're kind of welcome to take it uh, any direction you wish. But I am going to go ahead and uh, just sort of give you the floor here. And I'm going to let you take it from here. Wow. Uh, again, that's a big one. Uh, I, I don't know. I know. Seconds. <laughs> heavy hit but, ones uh, at the end. I, I think we kind of touched on it uh, a little bit, Coach. It, it's really, I mean, you got to understand, you know, being a coach is, um, it's it's the most rewarding, uh, selfless, <laughs> mm -hmm. sometimes mind-boggling thing that, that you, can, you can ever uh, be a part of. It's great, though, um, when you get to see um, players grow um, and and move um, and progress in, in life. You're not always going to see things right off the, you know, right in the beginning. Um, but I think that if if every coach really, you know, they take it personal. They take it personal as far as like helping each kid get to the next level, whatever that level may be, you know. <laughs> but but helping them and guiding them and, and mentoring them. That's really where the true art of coaching is. It's not the X's and O's. Anyone can teach that. But being being a special person in their life, um, you you never know what that what that can do to, to a young person's uh, uh, dreams in life. So just, you know, if you're going to do this, you know, do it for the right reasons. And that those are the right reasons. Awesome. Coach, I really want to thank you again for, for coming on here and, and, and talking about uh, your journey and talking about 
uh, just just guiding players, working with players, some some tips for coaches at the high school level, working with players. Uh, and like I said, I feel like in some ways we just sort of scratched the surface. So I'd love to have you come on later at some point and and keep keep talking. But thank you so much for coming on. Best of luck this coming year. I know you're super busy, but it sounds like you're doing some great things at Langston. And and I wish you all the best this coming season. Really appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. Absolutely, Coach. Anytime you can have me out, I would love to come back on your show. It was appreciate amazing. It. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. We will see you guys next time.